Well, today is, is a very significant day. So we're finally able to meet Amen. together in person as a church. I don't think any of us would ever imagined that we would be so long apart. But it is so wonderful to see you, whether you're already part of the Rock Church or whether you're visiting us from another church, we warmly welcome each and every single one of you. Hasn't it been amazing this morning just to praise God corporately, hallelujah, in his presence and indeed God inhabits the praises of his people and I trust that you have felt the Holy Spirit and are feeling the Holy Spirit here this morning. There is just nothing like it, is it, when we come together and worship God. No wonder the word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. And it actually goes on then to say, exhorting one another, because some are in the habit of not meeting together, but Paul's saying, don't do that, come together. And he says, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And what is that day? That's the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we need to come together whenever we can. Amen. So we can build each other up in the faith because iron sharpens iron. Now, Arvin and I felt it was really important this morning on our first service in uh, person to share with you our vision and our mission and how the Rock Church was birthed. So the title of my sermon today is this, Fulfilling Your God-Given Assignments. Amen. 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 Fulfilling Your God-Given Assignments. Now, an assignment is fulfilling a particular job, task, or responsibility. And I just want to say that, you know, before we were even consumed in our mother's wombs, God knew us. Amen. He's numbered the very hairs of our head. And every day, every single day ordained for us has already been written in his book. God, he has a plan and he has a purpose for every single one of us. And it's God's desires that his plan and his purposes are fulfilled in our lives. Just like we heard in that message this morning in that prophecy. But church, we have a part to play in that. And God has a part to play. Now God will fulfill his part. But we have to fulfill our part. And we want you to know this morning that in launching the Rock Church, we have acted and are acting simply out of obedience to what God has told us to do. You know, when God asks you to do something, he is looking for prompt obedience. Amen? Amen. So last year, God started giving Arvel and myself many scriptures and many words. And words from people, some of them right around the world, about starting a church. And those scriptures that we kept having most days, it seemed as it were just leapt off the page of the Bible. And we wrote them down and we kept a record of them. Now, we're not going to share them all with you today because I'd be keeping you past one o'clock. But I'm just going to share a couple of them. But we did have many. 
The first one, and it's going to come up on the screen for you, is from Joshua 1.6. God said this to us a lot about being bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give their ancestors. Amen. We really believe that. We really believe that over Stratford. The other scripture was from Isaiah 6, verse 8. This one the Lord really spoke to us about. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Now, one day when I was praying, the Lord led me to listen to a testimony by Reinhard Bonnke. Many of you will know Reinhardt and remember him, even if you never met him. I would probably say he's one of God's greatest generals. He went to be with the Lord in December 2019. He was an amazing evangelist and uh, really had such a vision of Africa. And Reinhardt spent 60 of his 79 years preaching the gospel. And he'd often say that his life's mission was to plunder hell to populate heaven. Amen? Amen. What an amazing mission that is, to plunder hell and to populate heaven. And I'm going to shock you now because over 79 million souls were won to Christ through his ministry. 79 million. You could say that's one million for every year that he lived. Reinhard is with the Lord, as I've said, but his work continues under Daniel Kalando, under Sifa and Christ for all nations. Amen. The work goes on. Hallelujah. And I was listening to this testimony and and Reinhard was sharing and he basically said in the title of it, he said, if you won't, someone else will. If you won't, someone else will. If you don't do what God's calling you to do, someone else will. So I want to share a little of his testimony because it's both inspirational and challenging. So Reinhardt is a young man. He was a missionary in Lesotho. And God gave him a dream for four consecutive nights on the trot of a blood-washed Africa. It went from south to north and from west to east. Now Reinhardt, he was a missionary But he was doing lots of extra things. He had a printing press. He had lots of evangelistic developments going on. Well, his missionary board came to see him. And he was excited because he thought they were going to congratulate him on all the extra things that he was doing. But no. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. But they actually said, Reinhardt, we want you to stop your printing press. We want you to stop your printing press. We want you to stop all these extra things, all your evangelistic developments. We want you to stop them. We want you to be just a missionary like the other missionaries. That's just what they said to him. But you see, Reinhardt, as it were, was pregnant with that dream that God had given him of a blood-washed Africa. He was pregnant with him. He just wanted to bring the gospel of Jesus to the whole continent of Africa. Now, he didn't want to offend his German superiors, but he didn't want to offend God. Amen. Amen. You know, it's a dangerous place to be when we offend God. So he said to his wife, Annie, he said, I'm going to go to a hotel room on the borders of Lesotho. He said, I'm going to pray. And he said, I'm not going to leave 
until God speaks to me. So we went to this hotel room. He got down on his knees and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he fasted. And he said, Lord, he said, for the sake of peace, let me agree with my German brethren. For the sake of peace, Lord, let me agree. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And this is what the Holy Spirit said. If you drop the vision I gave you of a blood-washed Africa, I have to drop you and give it to someone else to bring it about. Church, I'm going to read that again because it's so powerful. He said, if you drop the vision I gave you of a blood-washed Africa, I have to drop you and give it to someone else to bring it about. Reinhardt physically shook like a leaf as God said that to him. Then he jumped up, he paid his bill, he went home, ran into the house and said to his wife, Annie, he said, Annie, Annie, he said, God has spoken to me. He said, where's my typewriter? He said, I have to write a letter and resign. And his wife, Annie, who I believe was a young mother at the time, she said, oh, Reinhardt, she said, can't you sleep on it one night? <laughs> he said, no, no, I can't sleep on it any night. I can almost hear him saying it, can't you? No, no, I can't sleep on it any night. He said, because God has said he's going to drop me if I drop the vision that he has given me. So he resigned. And the rest, as they say, is history. Those superiors from the missionary board later wrote and congratulated him for not obeying them. You see, he fulfilled his God-given assignments. And Reinhardt finished the testimony by saying this, and I was sat in the study with this with my iPad. And church, I want to tell you, he could have been in the room with me. He could have been in the room with me, and he just like looked like straight at me. And he said this, he said, if I were you, he said, I would not procrastinate, and I would not postpone. I would jump and do what God has told you to do. It's the highest calling possible on earth. Amen. Now, Daniel Kalander, who's Reinhardt's successor, went on to say this. He said, if you don't want to honor God and honor the calling on your life, don't worry. God will find someone who will. And if you don't obey the call of God on your life, don't worry. Because God will find someone who will. The purposes of God will not fail. God's plan will still come to pass even if he has to raise up someone else to fulfill it. God's purposes, church, are like a freight train that cannot be stopped. And the most dangerous place in the world to stand is on the track in the way of those purposes. So either get on the train or get out of the way because God's purposes will prevail with or without you. Amen. And you know, church, I want to say this morning, we have been placed in this world for a purpose. And that purpose is to propel God's kingdom forward. Amen. Amen, Amen, church. It is to propel God's kingdom forward. 
It's a divine responsibility and we will be held accountable. It is a God-given assignment. And I want you to know, church, that Arvel and I were not prepared to say no to God. That was the bottom line. We were not prepared to say no to God. He made it so clear, so clear. You know, we're not naturally gifted. We're not naturally talented. But that doesn't matter because God has called us. Amen. Hallelujah. And we answered the Lord and we said, yes, we will do this. We will do this. We are simply obeying God's call. So one day when I was praying, I said, Lord, I said, I said, Lord, I said, you've got to send people to help us. I said, we cannot do this on our own. And straight away in my spirit, I heard the Lord say this. Did I not bring the animals to the ark? Did I not bring the animals to the ark? You know, the more I pondered on that, the more profound it got. It's so easy, isn't it, that we read scripture and we can just kind of read it so quick that actually we don't really delve into it and get the true significance of what God is actually saying in his word. But you know, Noah... He never had to go out and track the animals down, round them up, catch them, and drag them back, kicking and screaming, to the ark. Not one. Not one. They came to him. I mean, can you imagine it? What a sight to behold that the animals came. Now, if it was a clean animal, as it says in Genesis 7, it was seven pairs. I think we're so used to singing the song, you know, from childhood that they came in two by two. (laughs) But actually, we miss the full scripture because if it was a clean animal, it was seven, seven pairs. If it was an unclean animal, it was one pair. And... All all the birds, every bird, it was seven pairs of birds. You read it. It's in Genesis 7, verse 3. All the birds, it was seven pairs. And God said that because he said to keep the various kinds alive throughout the earth. How miraculous. So seven pairs of every type of bird came to the ark. Wow. Wow. That is our God. Amen. So Arvind and I, so we took God at his word, knowing that he knows what we have need of. You know, God is Jehovah Jireh, isn't he? Amen. Our provider. And you know, God has done that in the people that he has put around us thus far to help. We just know that this is God. So we wanted to share our vision statement with you. Because it's really important that you know what that is. Now, it's powerful. And why can I say it's powerful? Because it's total scripture. Amen. Amen. 
that is a good vision statement to have, isn't it? Yeah. When it's total scripture. So we're going to build that, bring that up for you. And you know, church, let's say this together. Shall we say this together? Okay. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. That is our vision. Amen. Thank you, Effie. That is our vision. That is our vision. Surely, surely, you know, that means without doubt, it means definite, it means it's true. Yes. You know, I was, was praying one day in the study, and I'm sure you won't mind me sharing this, but his, we have lots of scriptures and things put up in the study, and, and his eye fell on one where it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the, the desires of your heart, Amen. which is a great promise, yes. isn't it, church? And, um, and as he was reading it, he felt so emotional. And he said, Lord, he said, Lord, he said, what is your desire? He said, I want your desire. And in his spirit, he heard God say, souls, souls. And Arthur just broke down. That is God's heart, isn't it, church? Amen. That is God's heart for souls. You know, we're talking about Stratford-upon-Avon. You know, it's such a tourist attraction, isn't it, for UK and overseas nations. So when we say about the nations, we really believe that people are going to come from overseas. They are going to get saved. They are going to get healed. Amen. They are going to go set, get set free. And they will go back yes. to home and share what the Lord has done with them. Hallelujah. We are not here by accident church we are not here by accident at all so that's our vision statement so let's have a look at our mission statement so we're going to bring this up for you as well so again so this is why we're here we are followers of jesus christ hallelujah we are not ashamed of that amen we are followers of jesus christ we are a faith we're going to be a faith church like all said without faith it's impossible to please god Amen. A faithless and a multicultural church. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 A multicultural church reaching people with the message of the gospel, which is life transforming and life changing. And the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. With a passion of seeing lives transformed in Stratford upon Avon, Warwickshire. And the nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's God's passion too. That's God's passion too. We have a heart for souls. You know, church, every soul that's saved is one less soul in hell for eternity. Amen. Time is short, church. Time is short. Jesus is coming very, very soon. Very soon. And we're going to go after the lost. Amen. Amen. And share Jesus with them. So we want to share with you what we want to be known for as a church. But first of all, I'm going to share with you what we're not. Okay. I've said many times before, we are not a cruise liner. We are a battleship. Okay. Just wondering what Arthur would look like in that shirt. 
So, you know, it's great being on a cruise line, isn't it? But, you know, on a cruise line, most of the people on there are passengers. Are passengers. Now, we know that some of you are visiting today to support us, and we want to thank you, and we love you. And please send our love and our greetings back to your church. And just say, you know, keep serving the Lord where he has placed you. But to those who God has brought and called to the rock, let me say this to you. God has a work for you to do. Amen. 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 God has a work for you to do. God has a work for each and every one of you to do. We are a battleship. (laughs) We are a battleship. There are no passengers on a battleship. Everybody has a job to do. Every job matters. Every job is vital to that battleship. And if, you, if your desire is to serve the Lord, I want to tell you, get excited yes. because Jesus is looking for your availability. Amen. 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 Do you know, in stormy weather, a cruise liner just heads for the nearest port. But a battleship stays out on the open seas and will complete the job it's been assigned to do. And hallelujah, we are going to complete the job Amen. that God has given us here hallelujah. in Stratford-upon-Avon. Okay, to bring the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is alive. Okay, Jesus wants to change lives. He wants to transform lives. He wants to heal sick bodies. He wants to heal sick minds. He wants to see lives transformed. And we're going to plunder hell and populate heaven, church, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, what a calling God has put on us, church. What a responsibility. But what an opportunity. As the world gets darker, we will get brighter and we will shine for him. Hallelujah. People are looking for truth. They are looking for reality. They are looking for miracles, many of them. You know, that soldier there, we can just bring him up. Thank you, Nick. That soldier there, he's got his weapon. He's kitted out for war. And we're going to be kitted out for war in the armor of God. And he's got his gun, and that's his weapon. Church, this is our weapon. One of them. Hallelujah. This is our weapon. Amen. Not carnal, but mighty in God for the pullings down of strongholds. Hallelujah. This is one of our weapons that God has given us. So we are going to be a church that preaches the uncompromising word of God, that believes the word of God, that stands on the word of God, that obeys the word of God and by God's grace lives out the word of God every day. Amen. Amen. We are going to promise that we will preach the uncompromising word of Almighty God from Scripture. That is what we need in these end times. That our lives are based and we obey and live out the word of God. You know, it actually says it's no good if we just read the word, but then we don't do it. 
Because then Jesus says, then we're like a man that just builds his house on the sand. But the trouble is then when life storms come, then it just blows our house down. But the man who built his house on the rock, not only hearing the word, but doing it. Amen. Amen. Then his house stood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, we want to build disciples, not converts. Do you know, it's such a grave responsibility being a pastor, and it's not one that Arvel and I take lightly. Because, you see, our job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Our job is to train you. Our job is to teach you in the word of God. And I want to tell you, in the scripture, it says that we will be judged on judgment day more strictly because we teach the word. What a grave responsibility. Because we will all stand before God one day and give an account. But for us, we are going to give an account of how we have loved you, how we have served you, how we have trained you, how we have disciplined you if we need to, how we have challenged you, how we have inspired you, how we have encouraged you how we have built you up, we will give an account for that. So please pray for us. Amen. 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 Please pray for us. But you see, the word of God says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And God's word is true. Hallelujah. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3.15. I'm going to bring this up. And this was Paul, he was speaking to Timothy. He said, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, amen, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, all scripture, hallelujah, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful, look, for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Church, there is so much deception out there. You want to be kept from deception? Then live by the word of God and get it in you every single day because this is what will keep you from deception. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's why it's important that we live by the word of God. Okay, so we're going to be a house and a church of the word of God. We are also going to be a house of prayer. A church of prayer. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, he said, It is written, my house will be called a house of prayer. But the people there, they're making it a den of robbers. I want to tell you, you know, church, if we don't pray, God is not going to move as he wants to move. And we will be the blockage. God wants to move. God wants to move. And I'm praying that God is going to give us such a hunger and such a desire to pray. We so need it, church, in these days. Oh, and God just loves it when we spend our individual time with God and when we corporately meet together. It's so powerful. No wonder Satan hates it when God's people pray. Why? Because he's terrified because he knows how powerful it is. I'm sure if we had a conference 
And it was all about moving in miracles and moving in the gifts and all these things and how to prosper. And I'm not against that. But if you put on a conference like that, you'd pack it out. If you put on a conference and you said, we're going to spend the day in prayer on our knees before God, I wonder how many people would sign up. And yet when you do spend the time in prayer, then out of that will come the prosperity. Out of that will come the miracles. Out of that, everything will come out of that church when we pray. And when we're serious about wanting God to move, God will move. I want to share quickly about the Hebrides revival. Do you know that started with two sisters, Peggy and Christine. One was 84 and one was 82. Church, please don't tell me you're too old to serve God. I don't want anyone here at the rock, anyone to ever say, I'm too old to serve God. No way, no way. 84 and 82. Peggy was blind and Christine was almost bent double with arthritis. So they weren't well either. But their humble cottage became a sanctuary where they met with God. And between 1949 and 1952, a widespread revival swept through the Hebrides Islands on the back of those ladies' prayers. Because they were desperate to see God move. Church, I'm telling you, I am desperate to see God move. Amen. Amen. Hands up if you're desperate to see God move. Come on, church. If you're a Christian, your hands should be up. Amen. I am desperate to see God move. And I want to tell you, God wants to move. God wants to move. When we pray, God will do things, great things. So we want to be known as a church of prayer. Amen. Amen. Do I hear an amen, church? Amen. Amen. A church of prayer. And that will show in all that we do. Number three, we want to be known as a church of love. Jesus said this in John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another and you know that is a command and by this all men will know that we are his disciples when we love one another amen Amen. Amen. where there's love and where there's unity God is going to move because when there's unity God will actually command the blessing where there's love and where there's unity God is going to move. And I pray that we will be known as a church where, oh, they really love one another there. They really love one another at the rock. And there's great unity. And when we've got that church, it will stop the enemy doing what he wants to do. Amen. 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 You know, it says this in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. It says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Oh, do you know, 
the more love of God that we have in us, the more we love God, the more we're going to love each other. Do you know why, church? Because it's just going to overflow yeah. out of us. Amen. It, you can't help it. Yeah. You don't need to manufacture it. No. You don't need to work it up. No. It's just going to be in you. Yeah. It's just going to be in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you when you know God. It can't help but overflow. Yeah. And that's how God wants us to be. Do you know why? Because that's how the world are going to know that we love Jesus. By our love, one for another. That is so important. We're all unique, aren't we? But God loves us all beyond measure. And God tells us to love each other. Amen. Amen. So we want to pray that we are going to be a church of love. And lastly, we want to be known as a church of righteousness and holiness. Holiness is a command. God said, be holy because I am holy. And Hebrews 12, 14 says, it says, make every effort. That means it requires effort to live in peace with all men. And to be holy, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And we want to see the Lord and see him working at the rock. Amen. You know, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, talks about perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. That means we grow in it. Having clean hands and a pure heart. Do you know, I pray that every time we come and meet, we spend time preparing ourselves. Because this is a sanctuary for God. So that when we come through those doors on a Sunday, we want you to feel the Holy Spirit as you step across the threshold. (laughs) Hallelujah. That almost you step across, you go, wow, God is in this place. That's what we want for the rock. That you will feel God's presence, that you will know God's presence. And the Holy Spirit and his presence will become more and more and more evident week by week. Hallelujah. Because that's going to set the scene, church, for the miracles. Amen. For the miracles of souls being saved and people healed and lives transformed. And last scripture before I finish. Philippians 2 talks about us shining like stars in a crooked and depraved generation. You know, there's moral decay everywhere, isn't there? We live in that generation now. Church, we are in the last of the last days. But I pray that we are going to be a people that are going to honor God, that are going to love God, with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. We're going to be a church of the word of God. We're going to be a church of prayer. We are going to be a church of love. And we are going to be a church that is set apart for God and stands on holiness and righteousness. Because when we do that, church, the glory of God is going to descend in this place like you have never experienced up to now. It's going to happen. And if we play our part, God is going to play his part. He's waiting on us, church. I'm excited. 
I'm excited about what God's going to do. I really am. Church, let's pray.